and welcome to another episode of Talking Bollocks. It is me, your host, Howard H. Smith. That's right, we are back. And I say we, but of course I mean me. And I am also the singer of UK thrash band Acid Rain. I run this here podcast. I do comedy as the character Keith Platt all on social media. Go find it if you want to be part of the fun. I also present the official Motorhead podcast, The Motorcast. Wow, that's a lot of ego to get out the way right up front, isn't it? That's a lot about me. Just me. Me, 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 me and me. So, hello, welcome. This is all about you, in fact. I go out there to try and get the interviews and get people on the show that you want to hear from, and today is no different. Uh, Coming up, obviously, you know, you've read the podcast description. I mean, if you don't know what I'm about to tell you, you're pretty fucking stupid, right? uh, Yet this week's guest is none other than Black Mist from The Hell. Personally, I uh, I think it's a bit of a coup. Um, he certainly doesn't seem to do many interviews at all that I can find. So um, that is coming up in a bit. But before all of that, it's time for a little plug about Patreon. If you see in the podcast description, in the player that you're playing this on, uh, it'll say support this podcast. Tap on that and you can become a patron of the show for five or six dollars a month. Six dollars gets you the full bollocks. And believe you and me, it is full and it is bollocks. Um, We do a live Zoom uh, chat once a month. You get the podcast early. You get to submit questions in advance. So you get your own little podcast with your specific question answered by the person that you wanted to have it answered by who I was interviewing. So come on. Hey, that's great. So it's patreon.com forward slash Howard H. Smith or hit the link that says support this podcast end of promotion it's into what has been happening in the world of metal this month when the answer is quite a lot but there's only one place to start for me personally and that is metallica on mastermind (laughs) yes that's right um I'm sure uh, anybody uh, in the UK will know this. If you're outside of the UK, there's this TV show called Mastermind. I'm sure you've got a version of it where you are, where lots of brainy people come up and they go, they do, the first round is a specialist subject and the second round is general knowledge. Um, uh, this is Dave from Southampton. and Dave's specialist subject is being a dick. So you now have 60 seconds on being a dick, Dave, starting now. What's your favourite band? Striper. Get out. Anyway, um, there was a guy on there doing a, a special subject was Metallica. And yep, yeah, that's right. It, I think he did about 10 questions. Most people that I know um, said that they got at least eight or nine. And one question that a friend of mine got wrong, the answer was Martin Hooker, would you believe? Good old Martin. Signed Acid Rain as well. Um, and um, I went to his funeral at the end of 2019. And it was, it was very sad, as I'm sure I've mentioned on this podcast before. And if I was Jamie Jaster now, I'd be saying shout out to Martin despite the fact that he's passed but I'm not going to do that anyway it was great um you know a bit of metal on mastermind what more do you want nothing more to it really next up well it turns out that Mudvayne are reforming Mudvayne are coming back and they're playing headlining four shows in the states now what is my take on this my take on this is I love Mudvayne's first two albums I really do LD50 and um Oh, it, it's a weird title and it always escapes my mind that the shape of things to come 
or it's something like that, I will check, I promise, through the miracle of the pause button, you will have the answer in just a couple of seconds. The end of all things to come, not the shape of all things to come. So anyway, yeah, two great records. And for me, after that, it really tailed off. But um, uh, yeah, they're coming back. And um, who knows, might get some new material. I think it's really cool. Um, It does point to the end of Hell Yeah, I would have thought, um, which is not too surprising with the passing of Vinnie Paul. Um, but I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm excited by it because at the moment it's four shows in the States that I obviously won't be going to. Um, I'm excited for the people who will be going. Yay you. Excited for you. Don't want to hear about it. Um, and, um, yeah, well, hopefully we'll get some, we'll get some new material, but I, I, you know, just in general, I think it is a good thing that they're back. Um, I think it's, um, it's an absolute tragedy, tragedy that uh, Ted Nugent has um, contracted COVID-19. Um, uh, a lot of people have said that he uh, denied there was COVID. He denies that he denied it. Um, and then there was just a lot of musicians taking the piss out of him for, for getting it um, and having been so sort of blasé about it and not social distance and not wore a mask and all the rest of it. And, and, and I, I know some of you out there are, you know, sick of hearing about the, uh, about the pandemic. And to be honest, so am I. Ted's got COVID. Let's move on. Um, next piece of news was, um, yeah, uh, Van Halen's record label wanted the band to change their name after. Uh, God, what is wrong with me today? Change their name after replacing David Lee Roth with Sammy Hagar. Now, why would you do that? Why? I mean, people in people in record labels consistently, consistently amaze me. Still. They, st- you know, I mean, not that this is a, a, you know, not that this is topical news, but it's just the fact that, you know, why would you bin off like a brand name and a band name that you've been working towards all those years just because uh, one member has left? I mean, that's insane. You know, speaking as somebody who is the only member of the original lineup of Acid Rain and still using the, the band name. I mean, obviously, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come out in favour. But it's just a, a perfect example of how insane um, record labels can be. But, you know, why should I be surprised? Why would I be surprised? But it says, uh, recounting the first time um, he met Sammy Hagar, this is bassist Michael Anthony, prior to joining Van Halen, he said, I'd obviously seen Sammy play a few times and never actually paid too much attention. Yeah, his stuff was great. I like the Montreux stuff. Obviously, he had this solo stuff going on. But the first time I actually met him, um, I was in the studio at Ed's uh, house, uh, the 5150 Studios. And Sammy, I guess, was on a break. He had cut all his hair off and comes walking into the studio. I was sitting there in the studio and he comes walking in and I go, that's not Sammy Hagar. He's the guy with long hair. And we instantly became friends. So there you go. Uh, that's the first time they met actually working in the Van Halen studios. Hmm, interesting. Funny how things develop. It's, it's funny how these stories come out all these years later. Um, and speaking of all these years later, Metallica's one-time therapist, Phil Towell. I have such deep love and respect for the band, the guys and their families, but not enough respect to think that I could get involved with the songwriting process by turning up to counselling sessions with fucking lyrics. That's right, Phil. We all remember that. Whoa, way, way, way out of your fucking territory, that. I mean, chatting to the guys about how they feel about being in a band together is one thing. Saving Metallica from splitting up is incredible 
but sticking your oar in and thinking that you can start suggesting lyrics. Fucking hell. Surely he's got to, surely, surely he's got to, you know, regret that. But anyway, he said, it's really hard to say. The people that don't come up to me that are pissed off at the way that I am in the movie, there are probably a lot of those people. Nobody's trashed me directly that I can remember. But the people that ask the questions, pretty much the thing they say is, thank thank me for being part of the process. Well, you know, I've trashed you a bit, Phil. And if I ever meet you, I will happily become the first person to trash you to your face, but I won't be nasty. You know, I'll also thank you as well, but I will throw in my two penneth because that's the kind of fucking dickhead I am. Um, I have such deep love and respect for the band, the guys and their families. I mean, they're just amazing human beings, every bit as sharp, as wonderful as you would imagine them to be with their own personalities. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me they have their own personalities. That's pretty much, you know human beings so I love them dearly and their families and stuff so the memories of the experience when somebody asks me I know how important it is for the fans who um, who are so dedicated because they're so so moved by Metallica just to be in concert and watch uh, on side stage and see people respond to them there's a kind of loving devotion that is not how should I say it sometimes you see a crowd like that being able to be grateful um, it's capacity to be angry or the capacity to say fuck it whatever And I get that. But there's such a loving admiration for them that just reinforces the love and how important that is. There's a lot of love going on here, that's for sure. So, uh, yeah, basically, uh, Phil, you know, clearly, um, you know, I think this is the thing, isn't it? Anyone, anyone, if you look back, like, you know, I mean, it was 2004, that documentary. So we're talking 17 years ago. What the fuck? Um... It seems like only yesterday. But you just imagine, right, 17 years ago, if you look back on some footage of maybe, I don't know, you in a meeting at work or, you know, you on a night out. I mean, there would be some stuff where you'd look and you'd wince and you go, oh, God, you know, I can't believe I said that or I can't believe I did that or I can't believe I warned that. Hey, you know, fill the jumpers. Come on, seriously. But, you know, I just think it's... It's to be understood, you know, you can understand it from one side, but on the other side, you do think, when I was watching it, I was thinking, Jesus Christ, you know, what are you doing? Anyway, let's move on. This is a classic. Organiser of Paul Diano's crowding, uh, uh, crowdfunding campaign doesn't know why Iron Maiden hasn't contributed to the fundraising efforts. Well... I mean, I would suggest he's possibly the only person who doesn't know. I mean, sure, you know, people listening... Uh, You'll know, won't you? I mean, uh, you know, he has, he has said some absolutely downright disrespectful bullshit over the years, had direct pops at Bruce over the years. Um, he's also conned the British government. He um, he got caught um, uh, claiming benefits he wasn't entitled to and imprisoned for it, just in case you didn't know that story. Um, so when you add all that together, um, I'm not that surprised. You know, I mean, if he'd been, uh, you know, if if he'd actually been a decent bloke, he would have got the Clive Burr, Clive Burr treatment. God, what's wrong with me today? He would have got the Clive Burr treatment, wouldn't he? You know, he would have got a Clive Aid gig. He would have got all of that, you know. And but but no, not for not for you, Paul. Not for somebody who finished with Iron Maiden all those years ago and spent many years slagging them off and being bitter. It's not a surprise at all. But, you know, whatever. I mean, I, I, I can't believe that, you know. Anyway, the, the, the um, organiser says, um, I do ask sometimes about it, or I have asked now, especially with the, uh, the renovation of the building. Um, oh, actually, that's the wrong section. I do apologise. Um, 
asked if uh, you know members of Maiden have been in touch myself no I uh, um, I haven't to be honest because um, I don't want to put things that's the best way to say it now it's it's not up to me to go to them because I have no connections with Iron Maiden themselves even when I um, uh, uh, even when I need to approach uh, Steve Harris I go through his friends or his sister sometimes a close friends uh, to get stuff from him but to go to Maiden for something that is related to Maiden I don't think that is me personally or the Carton Horses which is the venue that's running this uh, are the ones to contact them I'd love it if they came forward uh, just to cover whatever it is they is left or say whatever but I don't think it's down to me to go to Maiden because Paul's got friends and he's got connections with Maiden more than I have so if Maiden wanted to or if somebody else wanted to they would have done it but so far nothing unfortunately no well it's not a surprise really is it um, something else that's not a surprise is Chris Adler getting the call from Dave Mustaine to play with Megadeth changed my life. Well, that's no surprise, really, is it? I mean, that would change anyone's life if you got a call from Dave Mustaine and uh, he said, do you want to come and play with us? Um, but it's it, it, it's um, it, it's quite interesting. We get a little bit of a um, we get a bit of, a little bit of a, a view into to you know, Dave's world. And. Um, uh, basically, uh, Chris Adler says, "Right, I'm in a, and I'm record. I'm in LA, and I'm recording drums for Lamb of God. Um, we've just been on tour with Megadeth, and I get a call really in the morning, like six in the morning, and it's Dave Mustaine's guitar tech, a guy came with, called Willie G, who I became good friends with. And he says, "Hey, your phone's going to ring in about five minutes, and you should answer it.'" And I'm like, "Okay, sure." And then the phone rings in five minutes, and it's Dave. And Dave's like, "Hey, I enjoyed touring with you. Good chat now and then." He's not a particularly social guy on tour, but we did hang out a couple of times for breakfast or whatever. And he's like, there's a lot of people that I really trust and they tell me um, you're somebody that I should um, I should think I should be talking to right now. I'd like to go back and make a pretty sick thrash record and I'm interested in having you to be a part of it, if you'd like to be. And it was like a candid kind of moment. Is something happening? It really has. It really has. The band that changed my life and now I'm on the phone with the guy who changed my life. So it's kind of cool, isn't it? That It's not just the fact that being in, uh, you know, being asked to do it changed his life. It was the fact that Megadeth had already changed his life by the fact that he was absolutely, totally being, in, you know, just totally in love with it. And I love hearing stories like this where you have somebody who is, you know, a really, really well-known um, uh, figure in metal um, and they get to react to something like a total fan and a, 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 and a kid, which basically is all anybody is in a band. You know, I've, I've, I've said this many times that all somebody in a band is, band is is somebody who is so much of a fan of the music that they felt compelled to do it themselves, to make it themselves. And um, I, you know, I, it, it, that story just kind of, contains all those elements and um it's really cool i think it's really cool um so anyway next up is ronnie james dio's uh wife and longtime manager wendy dio um reflecting um on ronnie's passing she said we were told it was stage four cancer but we didn't believe that ronnie uh, wouldn't make it because ronnie was a very strong person and we went to Houston um, to a cancer centre for his chemo treatment when we would say, we're killing the dragon. We called it the dragon. How, how fucking Ronnie, that is so cool. And we said, we're killing the dragon. Ronnie didn't suffer a lot. He did his chemo treatments, uh, but I didn't think he was going to die. I thought he was going to beat it. When I realised it was too late, it was on Friday, May the 14th, 2010. He got up and said he didn't feel well at all. And so I called his doctor over and we went to the hospital and he was in extreme pain, agony. So they gave him a bunch of morphine and Ronnie actually went into a coma and we stayed in the hospital there until Sunday morning 
when he passed away. And for all of the hard time that I've given um, Wendy over the years for doing the whole, um, you know, hologram thing, that is just such a heartbreaking story. It really is. You know, Friday he got up saying he was wasn't really feeling well, and he was gone by Sunday. And they, and, you know, and they thought they were getting the better of it. That is just, you know, unbelievable. But and and, and she also goes on to say um, about Geezer Butler. Geezer and his wife Gloria were amazing. They were there with me uh, the entire time. They just couldn't do enough for me, and it was really nice. With Ronnie coming back um, to the Sabbath guy, the Sabbath guys with heaven and hell, all the problems everyone had all before disappeared. They were all the best of friends. They were doing amazing, play ama- and playing amazing. The friendship was unbelievable. And Terry and Ron- Ronnie were playing, were planning a trip to Egypt together. Again, how how Ronnie? There was about thirty people who came close friends to, uh, of Ronnie's, and we were in the hospital with him, and he passed away on Sunday morning. And yeah, I mean. That was a part of the whole thing that I'd never heard before. Um, and it's just, it's awesome. It's awesome to think that those bonds, those friendships were, you know, were reconnected. Well, obviously they were with Heaven and Hell stuff and the album is a great album and they toured and everything. And uh, But the fact that it had to end that way is just, it's just so heartbreaking. Um, I mean, that was a real uh, hammer blow losing Ronnie Dio. I mean, I was influenced by Ronnie Dio, not just because, you know, he was a, he's a little guy with a massive, with a massive, um, voice and um, for somebody who's only you know five foot five um, he was somebody that I looked up to I can't believe I went there I cannot fucking believe I went there <laughs> he was somebody I looked up to what a twat eh? I couldn't even I, I couldn't get that story out with somehow crowbarring an accidental joke in there and it was an accidental joke I do apologise but fucking hell deary me but um, yeah, I mean, losing Ronnie, what, just gutting, absolutely fucking gutting. So anyway, we have good news, don't we? We have things on the horizon. We have test events happening in various countries. Um, there was a gig uh, by the Love of Lesbians in um, Spain, 5,000 people, no social just- distancing, just wearing masks, and only six COVID infections within the two-week period after the gig, and none could be traced back to the actual show. So who knows? We could be getting some live shows. We've announced some in August, and um, well, we're playing... Uh, Bloodstock, I say we, that's Acid Rain, we're playing Bloodstock, we've been playing London in um, uh, in August as well, hoping to announce some more shows and hoping they're all going to happen and hoping people are going to come and actually fucking go to a gig. How amazing would that be? But then again, you do have people who are incredibly negative and I understand it. It's called imprisoned thinking and when you've been in prison for a year, I get it. You know, I get the, oh, it's not going to happen, oh, oh, I can't see it happening, oh, it's not going to, and, and you know, I get that. And I get that people have to protect themselves. They don't want to get excited. They don't want to think things are going to happen because if they because they can't afford to be let down. They don't want the upset. They don't want the disappointment. I absolutely get that. But hey, you know, just look at the evidence, look at the data. And unless a new variant falls out the fucking sky that is resistant to not one, not two, not three, but four vaccines then things are going to change. Certainly in this country, if you're not in um, uh, in the UK, then obviously I don't know how it's going in your country. I hope you're well. But over here, we are hoping to get things back to normal. And, you know, you never know. We might actually get out of our houses and go to gigs. How would fuck, How fucking cool would that be? And when you get to the gig, 
buy lots of beer, buy lots of merch, support every fucking artist, get your tickets in advance. If they if the show gets cancelled or it gets postponed or whatever, you'll get a refund or you'll get a ticket to another show. Everybody needs support at the moment, guys. They really, really do. So please do your best. Anyway, that's enough of all that. It's time for an interview. It's time for a chat with the one and only Black Mist from the Hell. Hello. Hello there. Is that the one and only Black Mist? That's me. <laughs> How are you? I'm, I'm very well. How are you? Good, thanks. Yeah, good, good, good. Excellent. Excellent. You got a new P out as well. You haven't been, you haven't been resting on your laurels. EP? No, no. Uh, yeah, that's it. Well, you know, got to keep busy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and look, it, 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 what's the thing about what's the thing about Watford Football Club that is tied up in this? <laughs> <laughs> what isn't it? Well, you know, we come from Watford. Uh, we we're scattered around a bit now, but you know, we're Watford lads and. and uh, yeah, it's a long overdue. You made a banger about Watford SC and Elton John, and yeah, it's uh, self-explanatory, I think. <laughs> and and uh, have you had any feedback for the cl- from the club? Not yet, no. Though someone I know did actually. Uh, he told me he's got an in with uh, Watford. Someone at their PR. So who knows? It could be their official twenty twenty two season anthem. Who knows? Uh, who They'll knows? Be screaming down the terraces. I'm sure. Either way. I, well, I, I really hope so. I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a Leeds fan myself, but I'm also a I'm a, um, I'm, I'm a huge Graham Taylor fan. Um, oh yeah, yeah, of course. Who wasn't? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was. Um, and funnily enough, I was listening to um, uh, a radio show called Fighting Talk that I listen to regularly on um, oh, yeah. on Five Live, and um, the guy uh, the, the guy hosted Colin Murray was quoting. He said, ten years ago today, we had Graham Taylor on for a, and and. Um, he had to. Um, he, he was in like the the last question or something, and and he had to like defend a position or whatever it was. And basically, it was saying he, he had to defend the fact that um, Sven Sven is the current England manager, but um, yeah. they should sack him and get me in. And he came out with the he came out with the immortal line: "You've tried the Swede. Now let's go back to the turnip." <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I didn't know that. No, yeah, rest in peace. He's uh, he's been missed. Oh, he was, a, he was a lovely fella, and that I mean that that documentary, I, it, that do I not like that is so quotable. Do I not like that? Oh god, yeah, I forgot all that. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, you seen that ball, Des to Barnsey? Hey, you seen it? <laughs> oh, it's just it, honestly, it's it's fucking brilliant. Um, yeah. But um, so anyway, look, uh, uh, Joris, a hardcore opera, part one, mm. um, just fucking brilliant album, perfect Thanks. when it when it came out. It's just. Pure entertainment. It was in it was in my podcast's top five albums of the year. The listeners, oh, look, the listeners love it as well. I mean, it just it's it's inspired. It really is. It's just pure entertainment. <laughs> pure fucking entertainment. Um, well, that's it. Yeah, that's pretty much what it's about. I mean, we've I don't know. Yeah, it's you hit me on the head. It's just entertainment. I think we're in a position where we don't have, I don't have to take us that seriously and can do things like that. So. Why not? It's uh, I get I've got very bored of just my day jobs recording bands and and basically just the, I just got metal coming out of my ears day and night. So I I just thought fuck it, we're in a position to do something different. Let's just do it. I'm gonna just do it and go full out with it. So yeah, I, thankfully people seem to like it, which is nice. 
Well, I think, I mean, that's very, that's very magnanimous of you because I think the, the amount of work that goes into something, I'm only too aware of the amount of work that goes into something like that. And, yeah. and the way it's put together as well, because let's face it, you can have the concepts and everything else, but it's all in delivery. It's got to sound, you know, it's got to sound convincing. The voice actors well, has all got to be right. that's the other thing as well. It's a bit of a challenge to like, you know, I mean, it's pretty much, I don't know, is it called Foley in movies? I don't know, but a lot yeah. of it was sound effects and, and like, you know, getting him like, I basically wanted you to, people to listen to it and just it'd be directed and be like, no, I'm in that car with him or whatever. I know it sounds daft, but no, I, yeah. I, there's a lot of attention to detail, <laughs> things like that, like finding all the right sound effects and, and all that was so much fun. I got more into that side of it, to be honest with you, than writing the songs. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's pretty, pretty fun, something I've never done and... Uh, well, I am going to do it again. Half the next one's pretty much finished. So, oh, brilliant! So there is because like there's just that there's that feeling given given the persona of the band and how you love to dick everybody about. <laughs> I, I, I I totally suspected like part two was total fiction and it wasn't going to happen. No, 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 it's happening. It's done and it's uh, it's really good. It's better. It's more songs. I think now the intro's out of the way and because I think the other thing about the first one is that obviously a big part of it was selling the idea and like getting people into it so there wasn't actually room for a lot of like song songs they were a bit more like these are who these people you know what i mean it's like introducing yeah. characters and that so that was uh it was fun but this one's got the bangers on so i think people will hopefully like it again who knows who cares yeah <laughs> I like it. it's great I t- yeah but I tell you more bangers there is I tell you what fucking I don't give a fuck about nuts and bolts if I hear, <laughs> if I hear that song once it's in my head for fucking days yeah 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 well that was the that was the turning point that one I think it was um I think that's the most like mu- I think then I was like oh, fuck it it's gonna be like a musical musical not just like a you know like a metal album with stuff between it yeah I'm gonna make them really like and that sort of goes off on the end at some, like, big camp, like, stage sort of sound. <laughs> it's just so daft. But I love it. And the next one's got even more of that. It's just some absolutely ridiculous stuff on the next one. So, Oh, brilliant. Yeah. I mean, but the, the fact that you sort of framed it as, you know, a hardcore opera, it, yeah. to, to the other... Because you, 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 you look at that and you think, all right, OK, what's, what's that all about? And then you listen to it and you think... Fuck me. Yeah, that is that is pretty much what it is, actually. <laughs> well, the only reason it's called that is because, again, I mean, Joris is a hard enough thing to explain as it is, but the the, the I, I wanted to call it a metal opera, but when I think of metal opera, I think fucking Evanescence, or something, like literally operatic music. Yeah. Um, so I couldn't call it that, and I thought it also sounded like some... I just thought it sounded shit. Um, <laughs> and... and uh, yeah, we got we got. Uh, I mean, the first thing we did to annoy people was uh, a Vice interview years ago, which kind of kicked the band off. Where they called us um, the saviors of hardcore, even though we're literally you know, we're not a hardcore band at all. We're a metal band, but I think I just wanted to maybe dig dig that in a bit. And even though it's not really, it's not re- we're not really a hardcore band at all. I thought that'd be a funny title. So that's it. That's what. That's why it's is what it is. Well, yeah, and and I've got to ask: is is dickheads for life? Is that is that supposed to be a Judas Priest tribute? <laughs> yeah, it's the same song, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah. Well, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't like to say, you know. 
it's the same song. Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, exactly. Why not? I mean, it's it's just the but the way it's put together is I I can understand given like you know your day job and and how much you're around music. I can totally understand how you got sucked into the foley side of it and and developing. <laughs> yeah, I love it. yeah it. absolutely. Because that's 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 new, isn't it? And new is interesting. Yeah, exactly. Well, I've always done everything I've ever done. I get I do something. It does all right, and then I get bored of it and move on. So I thought, fuck it, I'm not going to let that happen with this thing. So we're going to do something. I'm going to start something I have to commit. And because it's, a, you know, it's a part one of something, I was like, if I do it that way, I'll have to fucking see it through and keep doing it and not just get bored of it. So I, that's kind of, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't put any, by the way, I didn't put any thought into it, really. This is just in hindsight. But, um, <laughs> I, I thought, um, I guess I've, I guess I set myself up to have to do more work on it rather than just fucking get disinterested in doing else. So that's that's probably why it works. <laughs> yeah, but I, I I absolutely I totally get that as well. I mean, I'm I'm all for starting a project, bored, leave it, and you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I just have a ton of half finished projects lying around, thinking exactly. I, I can't be asked with them. And that exactly. is and that, but that thinking of, do you know what? If I call it part one, I've then got the pressure from everybody. That I've, that I've got to do part two and I've got to deliver it. Well, that's exactly it. And yeah. also the fucking, the last EP I did in an afternoon, because I thought, again, it's just, I've just, I can't help myself. I've just got to do something else. So I, I thought I should probably finish this part two. And I thought, no, fuck it. I've got a whole EP in one afternoon. Uh-huh. I made it and that was it. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> it's done. Yeah, and released it the same day. I was, or scheduled it for release the same day and then that was it. No editing whatsoever. <laughs> just, uh, just did it. That, so that, that is, you see, the thing is that that is that that is very hardcore and very punk, the <laughs> DIY ethic, isn't it? But, yeah. Well, that yeah, yeah, that is more of a punk record. <laughs> but that, um, I'm not joking. I know people say this, but I'm not joking. They are all the first riffs that came to my head, and the first words that came to my head, and they got recorded once, and that was it. That was no, no deliberating. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> so, yeah, that's why I did that. But it's not why I did it. I just did it because I fucking felt like it. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Why not? Spare afternoon. I'll knock out an EP. Why not? Exactly. Yeah. Um, is, there any, is there any particular reason that, um, that you've decided not to put Joris out on, um, on CD? It's only vinyl and digital. That's a good question. Well, uh, it's just practical, really, because it's on our label now, which is great, on my label. But yeah. Um, I thought it was kind of one or the other. Like, I don't know, CDs are great, but you've got to order like 50 million to yeah. <laughs> make it worthwhile doing. And I thought, uh, I don't know, I'd prefer to do, I mean, I think as a, as a, as if you're running, if you're, if you're making your own stuff, it's kind of, I don't know, I feel like it's more timeless if you make records. So I'd yeah. rather have boxes of records lying around the gas than, <laughs> than boxes of CDs. Put it that way. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. It's, it's that it's as simple. simple as that. But who knows? Yeah. I might make. We, we will do some, I'm sure we'll do some stupid turbo deluxe package with all of it. I don't know. With all the parts in it. I don't know. Who knows? Well, there, yeah, you've got the you've got the box set of Joris Part yeah. One and Part Two that you can that you can put out together, can't you? Exactly. There you go. See, you should you should be head of marketing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, maybe I am. I don't know. You know, it's, uh, I'm I'm throwing my hat in the ring. Um, it's just that's exactly that's exactly what I do with my band. You know what I mean? It's like, oh yeah, right, okay, we can we can put that in a box. That that'll work nicely. Yeah. And you know what the metal kids are like? You know, you know, metal fans. 
like things in a box. That's just the law. Oh, yeah. It's just the way it works. Yeah, so probably there'll be some Turbo Deluxe set or something with a stupid name with all the stuff in. Who knows? Brilliant. And you're starting to, you're starting to, um, to book a few shows as well because that's, that, that's a new development for you guys. Well, that's a whole different thing. We're doing, um, I don't know, I don't know. But we, we're, basically we're going to keep, uh, well, I'm going to keep the stuff separate. I'm going to keep the Joris stuff separate. Right. I mean, maybe we'll do. Maybe we'll perform one or two songs. I don't know. I don't, know. I don't even want to do that. But the the stage show is is full on. It's acting. There's sets, and it's all. It's full on. It's acting, and it's so we're doing uh, two shows like that. Well, they're sold out already. Those ones. So we're going to do more. Um, Joris lives, basically, and um, yeah, and it's basically. Uh, it's just that the, the Joris starts finishing with all the dialogue and everything. So we're doing that. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah, and hopefully we'll... Well, I don't... Hope, I don't who fucking knows? Because everything's been shut for so long. I don't know how popular... I don't know how big the demand will be for that. So, I mean, in London it's sold out pretty quick, but who knows? Hopefully we'll be able to take it... Um, take it out and do it. But it's a lot of work, you see. <laughs> yes. It's got, to, it's got to be worthwhile doing, not just money-wise. It's just, you know, if we take it on the road, it's really got to be worthwhile because we're going to be carrying around fucking, like, big wooden panels for sets and props and all that shit. So, so we'll have to... And obviously, the, the stage will have to be relatively big, you know, to, to do it. So, uh yeah, I don't know. When everything's open again, we'll think about it. So, hang on. Let me just get this straight. There's a fucking irony in here. Sure, you, you, so you are basically um, having to piece together um, from DIY stores your set about right. working in a DIY store. Yeah, I, I actually missed a call just for this one from the guy who's putting the stuff together. So <laughs> he's probably doing exactly that. But, yeah, putting stuff together with DIY materials and my DIY shit around the corner just fucking closed to build flats so I don't know what how we're going to build work it out but is it so is it also I mean I've got to ask but is it autobiographical in any way have you worked in retail in DIY at yeah, all yeah of course I have I don't think it's biographical but uh, yeah I've worked every shit fucking job you can imagine and, <laughs> and shops and I've worked in a shoe shop I worked in fucking I've worked in every pub in Watford at some point, I've worked. What else have I done? I've been a janitor. I've done loads of temp jobs. Yeah, loads of. Oh, and I worked in like a clothes shop and yeah, a few shops, three or four. So not a hardware store though, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's 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 just a story. I just thought it'd be a nice story to have someone who um, yeah maybe dreams of bigger things. Yeah. And of course, it's a bit of a spoiler as well. It's nothing to do with making out that being in a band is the most glamorous job in the world. It certainly isn't. So when he, when he, um, you know, when the band, I'm not, spoiler alert, when the band <laughs> gets together and he's going around, you know, it's not all fucking, <laughs> it's not all roses. So um, it's a story about rags. It's not rags to riches. It's like rags to kind of other rags. Yeah. That's the story. It's not, it's not all cocaine and blowjobs. It's... Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not what he thought it would be. Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I ask because I've, you know, I've, I've worked a fair few retail jobs in my time as well, and, uh, yeah. and and I kind of sort of recognised that 
just just the whole story in a way the the way it works i was like yeah this it just really smacks of being authentic you know, <laughs> good good you well, where did you work Oh God! I worked in um, first. First, I, I worked in the Warner Brothers shop on Regent Street when it opened. Oh yeah. When I when I moved to London, and um, that was just horrendous. Doing a Christmas, uh, yeah, yeah, doing a Christmas on Regent Street in a new store. It was just horrendous, and I'd, I'd done like you know other retail jobs, working in a record shop and and stuff like mm. that. And then my band signed a, a deal, and you know we went off and toured the world and everything. And then that was all over. And eventually, I ended up moving to London and going back into retail as a way mm. of earning a living. Um, and it's and it, it's a great it is a great way of finding out that ninety percent of people are dickheads. Well, yeah, and it also is a breeding ground for this. I mean, I guess it goes for office work as well, but like just idiots who, you know, because their job is their life. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but you get someone who's like, just been given this fucking title that's like, yeah, system, whatever. And it's just bollocks. Like, yeah. it's just bollocks. And you think <laughs> you're at work getting told what to do by this fucking idiot and they're relishing in it. And you're just thinking, I wish I could just punch you in the face because you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the general vibe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it, it but it is it is like it's it's the it's the 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 jobs worth the the officious nature. It reminds me of it reminds me funnily enough of playing football on a Sunday morning and some of the dickhead referees that you'd have. There you go, uh, yeah. You, Power hungry people mostly. I mean, yeah, just uh, I don't know, I just have bosses. I've had people I work with who are like every person in it, so yeah, I guess it is autobiographical in that sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by the same token, it also doing stuff like that does does kind of shape you and does kind of oh, go absolutely. like, look, I don't want to be fucking doing this for another ten absolutely. years. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, and not just that. Like, I'll say this as well. I don't want anyone to think that it's like I think I'm above that because I don't do it or anything. It's it's nothing to do with that. In fact, I, I'm I uh, I could think of my people working hardware stores and do do those jobs and with a smile on their face of jealous in a lot of ways thinking fucking hell I wish I could just be that happy yes. <laughs> and do that so um, yeah it's a fucking it's a uh, it's an admiration of people who have jobs like that it's not a uh, I'm not in any way trying to take the piss out of them yeah and, and and well that that comes across as well I mean you know there's 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 definite clear lines between who the dickheads are in um in 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 Joris and yeah. I think that, and that's what appeals because straight away you are you know you're basically just you're seeing it all from Joris's point of view the narrative runs along those lines mm. um yeah. and uh, uh, but also it's like there's some you've kind of gone out of your way with your um uh with with the music as well because you've strayed it you know you, you kind of stray into other genres and all, all over the place well again it's just I mean, fucking hell, if you're not going to do an event like this, when am I ever going to do it? When am I ever going to do a rap song about fucking, yeah, someone, someone in a hardware shop? It's just, uh, yeah, yeah. there's no limit with this band, which is what's so fun about it, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it, well, you know, you you were you were you were born. I'm just looking at the track listing now because you're talking about it. I, I can't remember half of the fucking song. What have we got? Uh, yeah. There's some good ones. There's some good ones in there. There's a the date. Oh no, what's this one? Got to play it right. Oh yeah, there's sort of a 
a childish Gambino kind of thing, that daydream. <laughs> There's everything. There's so many different things on it, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, but but again, this is what I mean by entertainment. I mean, I've, I I was recommending it to all sorts of people and on the podcast and everything, and just saying, look, I just just listen to it, and even if you only ever listen to it once, you will be yeah. thoroughly entertained for half an hour. I hope so. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. It's it's definitely it's nothing to do with trying to make a good metal album. I didn't even, I didn't even really think about what the songs are going to be, but. I just thought, you know what, before I get in my grave, I want to make a fucking stupid musical. Because I loved, like, when I was little, I loved War of the Worlds and, like, Meatloaf, Battle of Hell and stuff like that. And, um, but I hate it, like, I hate musicals and theatre and all that sort of thing. But I just thought, fucking, that's the ultimate out of my comfort zone thing, so let's do it. <laughs> That's the, that was the, that was the whole impetus. That's the whole thing behind it. I and I'm I'm definitely well. I'm with you on the way that you thought. Right, I'll write part one and then I have to write part two. That's the, I, I, that's that's how I work. And what you've just said there, it's the same again. Which is being out of your comfort zone, doing stuff like yeah. you know, doing stuff that you almost you know brackets shouldn't be doing. Yeah, yeah, that, absolutely. That to me is that that's the whole point of being in a band. Absolutely, and that's the whole thing. That was the whole thing with the hell. It was, I got given, a, well, I didn't get given, I bought two guitars off of someone, and um, they had, it was really, really long net bow terms, and they, they both only had a few strings, and I thought, this is actually really, really like limiting, but fucking fun to do something that's only got two strings, and they're both tuned to the same note, not to the part. I thought it must be doable. So the, the whole the whole beginning of it was just the challenge, basically. And then yeah, we fuck, I did it. I did it. I did the whole thing without even having a, having a band at that point. And then yeah, just it, it just goes to show the stuff. I don't know the stuff. Not to say we're some huge fucking band or anything, but the stuff that I thought oh, I can't do that. Is always the stuff that does the best. So, um, and the stuff I feel confident in, no one gives a shit about. <laughs> <laughs> that's just life, isn't it? Yeah, anyway. yeah, that's that is how it works. Uh, it sounds like you 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 constant you find a need to constantly. Uh, you know, I don't want to I don't want to play Mister fucking amateur psychologist, but it sounds like you want you you constantly want to be challenging yourself. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. That's life, isn't it? Surely. Well, it's not for some people. It's the opposite, but. No, I don't, I don't know. I don't. I don't like routine, and I don't like. Uh, I hate repetition. I hate. I hate repeating myself, and I hate other people repeating themselves. Yeah. And that definitely translates translates to music. So, yeah, I, absolutely. Because ultimately, it's well, you've got everything's got to be a challenge, or or I lose interest. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? It, it, it's and it's got to be difficult, and it's got to be. You've got to put yourself under pressure. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And and but that that is kind of that drives you and drives you and drives you and means and means that you keep you keep reinventing the band and that's what keeps it fresh for 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 your followers as well. Um, yeah, and I also think because again, this is a, this is I'm glad you're asking these questions because it makes me think. But I don't put this much. I don't want anyone to think I actually put this much thought into the band. But it's um, <laughs> it's true that. We uh, the best thing about the hell is that it's because it's like daft. It's not there isn't any. It's not like I'm going to do something and feel embarrassed. You know, I guess it's playing a character, isn't it? It's like yeah, you know, I don't give a. Sh- I genuinely. I know people say this. 
But I genuinely don't care if I release a song and no one likes it. I, I honestly, I wouldn't care. It wouldn't bother me at all in the slightest. So, And you can't say that for anything that's like, you know, feelings or serious or, yeah, you know, your serious outfit. But because, of, again, I'm like playing a character or almost like, it's almost like karaoke. I'm, I'm like impersonating a rap metal band or, you know, I'm, I'm doing like what I think a fucking rap song would sound or whatever it is. Yeah. What I think are like a, a, a weird jazzy musical number would sound like. Um, so yeah, there's no, there's no repercussions. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to get embarrassed by it. It's fine. <laughs> That's all. Just do it. That's what I think. Yeah, so you, it it gives you a kind of it gives you a freedom to do yeah. all of that and and fuck about and have a crack at it and and you know if it works or it doesn't it doesn't matter what matters is the fact that you've tried doing it exactly yeah I think it was a it's pretty simple this band it's really simple and not so much now because I think people are sort of bought into the idea or are used to it or bored of it whatever one of those but um, I know when we first started it used to really annoy people because. I think people, it's, when you do stuff that's not serious, people think you're like being mean or, I don't know, it's, it's hard to explain, but I think people thought we were like trying to make a point. I remember people people being like, oh God, these like failed musicians trying to like undermine the music in, industry and stuff. It's, <laughs> it's like a really, yeah, when we had our first few like interviews and bits and when it was, wasn't entirely clear that it was pretty like, like hired, People were really annoyed. People. That's what kind of made us keep on doing it. Because <laughs> I was like, "Why are people getting so fucking annoyed by this?" It's not like it's literally just a bit fun. It's not. There's no malice whatsoever. I don't want anyone to think we're like. I don't know. Anyway, you know what I'm saying. But it's it's just it's just fun, basically. <laughs> yeah, I, I, but I think you got I think you got appropriated by the hardcore scene very early, yeah. and the hardcore yeah. scene harder core than now. It's very you know. <laughs> It's like, well, who are these people having fun? That's not what we yeah, do. Yeah, I know. Fucking, we had this is this is mental, right? Because also as well, I really want to make this clear to anyone who doesn't already know. I love hardcore. I grew up playing hardcore bands, and I owe my living to punk and hardcore and metal. So I'm not like fucking. I'm no one. No one's standing here accusing me of this, but we're in the past. It's fucking crazy. Like, read Jamie Jaster on his like podcast, like calling us out. Being like, he was like, eh? I think word for word, he was like, these punks need to learn respect, and they, these kids have got to know that you've got to like come up and and earn your fucking place and all this stuff. It's crazy. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe. I couldn't believe it. I've got it on. I don't know if I've got it, but someone's got it on. <laughs> recorded somewhere. Oh, this is crazy. But it's yeah. I, I don't know. I don't think. No, people aren't sitting around talking about us all day. But it's. It is funny to think that, especially in the past, it really annoyed people. I think as well, like I was saying before, if you, I guess if you've like put your heart into a band and you, you know, you're writing about the normal stuff people do, like love and serious things and pain, you know, and someone comes along and plays a big festival <laughs> screaming about dicks or whatever we were doing, I guess it would maybe, maybe touch a nerve. I don't know. But anyway, my point is, we're not a nasty band. We're nice people. Yeah, no, and well, that comes across. And the weird thing is, when with the album coming out in lockdown, um, it really made me, and it really made me think about the fact that right, this is actually the like of this is the life of what is now called an essential worker. 
Um, yeah. And it's funny how before lockdown, people who worked in shops were just a, a necessary fucking annoyance. And then all of a sudden, um, they turned into essential people overnight. That's true, yeah. You know, these minimum wage people who don't get treated very well by customers. And having worked in retail, I always make sure that I treat everybody well in the shop because I've fucking worked in a shop. And yeah, yeah. And, and then to hear this, the, you know, the, the opera develop and all the rest of it, I just thought, I wonder if there is people listening to this who work in retail and they're listening to this and they're going, yeah, do you know what? Fuck it. When, when, <laughs> I, when I get back in, first thing I'm going to do is resign. Yeah. You know, and well, go and do something else. I'll tell you what, without getting too deep, I think this is going to change. I think that whole lockdown business is going to change how all businesses work, but particularly customer-facing stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, shops can't just, you can't just open, like, a huge chain of shops and, like, watch the money pouring in and treat people like shit and not pay them anymore. It's like, you can't get away with doing that anymore. And you can't, get away with, I mean, I don't know, it could go two ways, it could go the complete opposite, but people who work in offices, they don't have to work, they have to trawl in, you know, that the whole thing of like, some 20 year old having to go and file in an office with a fucking shirt and tie on, and like, like just bollocks, all this, all this bollocks, like, the people are just, people, people are just getting treated like shit at their jobs, I hope that in a way, it changes, and I don't know, that people are just get. I hope people get treated better. I've got a feeling it's not going to happen at all, but um, I don't know. I hope it changes things, and finally, you people get to work from home more, and like living in a city and paying through the nose for your rent. Well, you don't have to do that so much because you can live further out. And I don't know. I hope it resets yeah. everything, but I, I have a feeling it won't. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, well, I, feel, I have a feeling that the retail industry is just is going to is having a, is going well. It's basically had a massive kicking. Because it was on the yeah. slide anyway, and during yeah. lockdown, the companies who've who've absolutely had a brilliant time are the people who didn't need any help in the first place, like you know Facebook, yeah. Apple, Google, yeah. Amazon. Amazon. You know they're they're all absolutely killing it in lockdown, um, mm. and that's a shame. But I think I think just the choice, you know, it's like yeah, if you want to work from home, you can do, and if you don't want to work from home, you can do that as well. Because I mean, I I do I work from home, and. Mm. It's it, you know it's not all fun and games because it does mean that you are at work all the time. Yeah, you know, and some, yeah. sometimes it's nice to get out and actually have that change of routine and be able to shut the door and leave the and leave the job behind that door. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, true. That's true. I hope. I mean, I've just had a son, and I really hope that when he gets older, maybe it's, I hope it's accelerated because of all this. I just really hope that he doesn't have to go through. The bullshit I did to just afford to live, like the shit jobs I had to do. And again, like you said earlier, yeah, it's character building, but I don't know, just some of the bollocks I had to do. And I just think, you know, those jobs won't exist soon, thank God. <laughs> Who <Yeah>. knows? Who knows? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and but the, the, the timing of it coming out and, and just kind of um, discovering it in lockdown. And mm. just the entertainment aspect of the album as well. The fact that they're, they're, they're you know, it's it's you know, it's funny. There's there's you know there's there's just great lyrics in it. There's great you can sing along, you can shout along, and it's an album that you that you listen to with a smile on your face the whole way through. And that and that for me is what hit home so much because lockdown hadn't been going long, and it was just everything was just shit. 
And here was this half an hour of sunshine that I can put on and just make the day a little bit easier. Oh, I'm glad we could do it. I'm glad I could do that for you. Oh, mate, <laughs> thank you very much. I'll tell you, if, if, we, if we're in the same room, I'd give you a kiss. Mask, <laughs> masks on, obviously. Yeah, distance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Socially distance. Um, so you're looking forward to doing shows and getting back to it. You know, it's good, it's a weird landscape that we're we're all going back to. I mean, we've got we've got a festival in in August and a and a London show in August, and I'm kind of like, right, well, you know, apparently. What's your band? I didn't even ask. What's your band? Um, I I play in a um, thrash metal band called Acid Rain. Oh, okay. Have you um, played the Black Heart the past? year or so no no we usually play uh, we usually play the underworld if we're if we're playing london which we are all on, right um, all right <laughs> <laughs> i'm joking no the only reason i ask is because i was doing uh i did loads of fresh bands it was like i was doing front of house there for a little bit ah right okay well now we've been we we were basically around from um 88 to 91 and then came back in 2015 um, so yeah, it's a it's a it's a long old. Basically, I'm an old bastard. Right? Yeah, I was going to say I'm definitely definitely know the name. I just yeah, amazing. Ah well right, done. well well um yeah, well we're playing in London in August. I'll um uh you know feel free feel free to come along. But by the sounds of it, being a being a new dad, you've got uh, you've got enough on at home right now. <laughs> well, we'll see. Who knows? Yeah, there's a lot on. He's yeah, he's doing all right. <laughs> is he? And is is that your is that your first son? It is, yeah, yeah. First time lockdown, baby. <laughs> Brilliant. Great. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. He's not called Joris by any chance, is he? He's not. No, no, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would that would have been that would have been a pretty hard sell to your partner, I'd imagine. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I don't. I don't think so. But it's um, it, Joris is like, how did that idea land? I know it's uh, that's a fucking bollocks question or it was was it something that was just like ruminating in your head for a long time because there's oh yeah yeah absolutely because there's a that's there's a few things that you've said where i know i work the same way and i'm just wondering because i what i'll do is i'll have an idea and i'll just leave it there and let it mature and and like settle and it could be there for weeks months but but i'll be adding to it in my own head and then eventually well, it's kind of gets big enough to start actually working on. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to pinpoint when it began, but it's, it's I think I've wanted it for ages. The, th- the other thing to remember about the hell is that we didn't do anything for, I think, four years, three, uh, a long time anyway. Um, and even the first EP, we did an EP called Dush uh, that was released at the beginning of last year. First of January, in fact, the very beginning of last year. <laughs> but um, it that was recorded ages ago. But I just sat on it for so until Joris. Yeah, it's like four years, I think. Hadn't done anything. Um, I just didn't feel. Didn't I don't know. I just felt completely uninspired. We'd done. We'd, we'd been really busy. We'd done loads of festivals and had loads of fun. But I just got. I got feeling the same way as um, as I did when I was a bit younger in bands. Just thinking, this is. After a while, you just think, I don't know if I just, I don't know if I want to go and tour supporting metal bands that I think are shit. You know what I mean? I don't feel like we are, I don't feel, I don't sound so snobby, but I thought, I just doesn't, it's not what I want to do. It doesn't, it's, it's not fun. So what can I, I guess subconsciously, I was thinking, if we come back, what can I do that will separate us from all that, you know? And like, 
enough of popularity, but just make it a headline act in a sense like, why would you come and watch that show? So yeah. that, that was my thing. I don't, again, I haven't really put this much thought into li- in a linear <laughs> sense, but I just thought, like, what, the, what would I want to see if I'm on a show? Would I want to see, a, uh, you know, three bands of dudes in plaid shirts banging their heads no I can see that I've like, fucking seen that a million times like, what can we yeah. do that's going to be stupid and there was a few stupid I had a few stupid ideas but that was one of them and also Joris I don't know if you're familiar but the name Joris is from uh, a fan we had a long time ago who can't oh god it's such a long story <laughs> but um, there was a guy from Belgium called Joris and he got in contact with us uh saying like, oh, I want to play with you at Puck- I'm pretty sure it's Puckle Pop. But we want- I want to play on stage with you. And he sent like this weird audition video. It didn't make any sense. This stupid video. And I, we went, all right then, fine. So we made, <laughs> we basically, we made this big hoo-ha through our social media about him, you know, like on the road to Puckle Pop, basically. Like yeah. made, we, made, we made this mini celebrity out of him, basically. Right. And so by the time he stepped on stage at, at, in Belgium, people were chanting his fucking name. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was, it was mental. It was so good. And anyway, that idea of this sort of, again, it sounds so mean saying a nobody, but, you know, like someone who's not in a touring band or whatever. Yeah. It's like, to be able, you know, it's, like, it's just cheesy story of his dream coming true. I thought that would be such a great idea for a musical. Um, but yeah, I mean, ex- so the original idea was kind of like making that story into a musical, but I was like, do you know what? It's so weird and uh, it's so, it just wouldn't translate. So I basically, we did an equivalent of an English guy who lives in North London, uh, who wasn't Belgian, but he, he just happened to be called Joris anyway. So the jo- the name Joris was just like a sort of a tribute to this guy, I guess, and completely unrelated. So I was completely wasted time telling you that story, but that, no. is, that is where the name Joris comes from. Oh, mate, there'll, um, be, there'll be plenty of people listening going, oh, great, <laughs> now I know where the name comes from. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, and uh, that's that's the idea, yeah. And, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's it. That's it. Well, it's a fucking weird name. That is, it, I might have known it was Belgian. Yeah, um, he's a lovely guy. He's a really weird guy. Not weird as in uh, weirdo, but yeah. if he didn't have a, he like didn't have an email, so I tr- like I've got a con- I've contacted him just making sure it was all right to use his name, but I had to like email his friend, who then relayed the message to him. Just yeah, odd. <laughs> Very odd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny. So I don't I don't even know what he thinks of the album. No idea. I haven't spoken to him about it, but um. So, yeah, so, the, so the guy that the album is named after, uh, and yeah. you, you, you haven't got any idea whether he likes it or not. No, no, not really. Um, actually, you know what? I think his girlfriend messaged about sending a record over, which I haven't done yet. So maybe I should do that. That's pretty brutal. That I haven't done that. <laughs> but, um... So you've got t-shirts knocking about with his name on and everything. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Uh, but yeah, so there, there is a real Joris to that way. Oh, that's brilliant. That's br- but, it, but these things happen in, in, in bands. You do get, like, you know, the weirdest of approaches and, like, odd things happening and, you know, people kind of attaching themselves to you for no apparent reason. It's, yeah, well, it comes with the territory. Well, <laughs> but that's the other thing. It, it not Again, I'm making out like we're some huge band. We're not at all. But, like, 
It's just funny the things we do that people care about. And that, like, I'm telling you, there's people like chanting his fucking name. It was so, it was so surreal. It was a weird thing. We just made this big weird thing out of nothing. It's just funny. And I just think when we, maybe, maybe subconsciously when that happened, I was like, you know what? If, if people can get into something stupid like that, maybe they get into anything. <laughs> so, yeah. And maybe you're going to have, you're going to have crowds chanting Joris again when you start doing it. Live. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. So anyway, the next uh, the the event that's going ahead. Well, it's probably going to be it's been rescheduled again for July the third. And uh, yeah, it's a sit down thing. Uh, it's all sold out, but there's uh, we're probably going to add a second date. And uh, we'll see. I don't know who who knows how it's going to translate live. But well, I'm going to I'll keep an eye out for that date because um, I've got to I'm I'm got to see this live without a doubt. <laughs> Um, I mean, how the hell you don't keep your don't keep your expectations don't get your expectations too high. <laughs> too high. Oh, I, I, I think no idea what's going to be like. I don't know. I think you're being modest. I think there's no way you set out and perform Joris without knowing that you're going to be able to pull it off. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I've, well, I've, I, by the sounds of it, I've got more. Fa- I've got more faith in it than you have. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I have no idea. I mean. For starters, we're not about to rehearse it, like so. I don't know how that's going to work, but um, I mean, obviously we will rehearse it, but yeah, we can't be, you know, we can't be travelling around and sharing rooms at least for a few weeks. So um, yeah, who knows? No idea how it's going to work. I've I've invented. A, I'm actually looking at it now. I've invented this box, which is like it's a sort of an all-in-one in-ear monitoring system. But what I've done is actually. Sort of pre-recorded. I'm giving the secrets away now. <laughs> pre-recorded cues, so it, everyone's got in ears, and it will sort of tell them like, "Oh, you're two on stage now. Go to this. Go to here. Now, the song's going to kick in in like 20 seconds or so." So basically, <laughs> wow. Hopefully, in the gates, the need for us to like actually. <laughs> <laughs> There'd just be someone like in your ear, like on telly, like when they're on telly, and people yeah. go, All right, "Tell them, tell them that the weather's up next." It'll be like that in your ear. So, so anyone could do it in theory. So Any basically, idiot. so are you? So are you gonna? Are you gonna have somebody? Are you gonna have somebody sort of side stage, just basically being a prompt in 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 people's well, earpieces? No, but this is what I'm saying. It's all pre-recorded. Oh so, fucking hell! Right. So the show is like, uh, it's basically a, the, the whole show is is on a. a, a it's all automated, basically. Yeah. <laughs> but the yeah, we're obviously we're playing instruments and we'll be singing the songs and doing all that um yeah i think the dialogue would probably gonna stick to being mimed maybe i don't know again i don't want to give the secrets away it's all real it's all live <laughs> yeah yeah i and I, I love the idea though uh what you were saying earlier about i you know i don't necessarily want to go out supporting shit metal bands and so don't worry don't worry it sounded great when you said it all right don't panic right but it's it's um i love the idea that you've just gone right okay well let, let's create something whereby playing this live nobody will want us as a support act well that's yeah yeah and yeah exactly and not just that it means we don't have to get any other support acts to do it because yeah like I mean, I'm not saying it should be all about us, but it's like, I think we're going to do, uh, we're going to split, well, we're going to do Joris part one and then 
a break of some sort and then two. I don't know. But either way, it's not going to be like, it'd be like a, pardon me, what do you call it in the middle of a show? Uh, An interval. Interval, there you go. Yeah, it would be like a proper interval. <laughs> oh, br- oh, well, you've got to have, you've got to have a curtain come down as well. Oh, to... I hope so. I don't know if the budget will stretch. To that. <laughs> the old, yeah. uh, you know, you get in cinemas that fire curtain that comes down. Yeah. yeah Again, oh. uh, limit your expectations, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really not going to be that high budget. Oh no, I'm wanting Maybe. I'm wanting Oscar-winning performances out of this. <laughs> Maybe a, a rag. <laughs> Um, but yeah, delivering it live is going to. Be, I mean, so you're going to do part one, and when? What's the plan for part two? Have you got a kind of time frame for getting that out? Um, I mean, it was a couple of months ago <laughs> originally, but I think I don't know. I don't. Want, I just didn't want to rush it, so it's probably going to be June for release. Right. Now, I think. Um, I- but yeah. It's I, up to us. Really. I, I love that. I love that. I don't want to rush it, says the man, <laughs> says the man who wrote and recorded an EP in a day. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, but, you know, this is a different thing. It, yes, it, yeah. I don't want to regret. Um, it's completely different. That's, that's the other thing as well. This is the other thing about the hell, is that this album is the first thing that has taken time. Like, all the other albums uh, before... They're nonsense. There's no theme to them. Or like, they're just bollocks. This is again the first bollocks that came into my head. So, like, all those every song up until now has just had no thought behind it, and it's been something that's taken like I, I don't know a couple of hours, like start to finish, to record. Yeah. So this has been the first one where I'm like, oh, I've actually got to think about this, and it's got to be a <laughs> it's like a structure and like a theme <laughs> things like that but, so um, yeah. it does take a lot longer it does take it takes fucking ages I'll be honest but um, I, I but I get that I also I, I understand that, that ultimately you know what you've done before is look I don't want I don't want the band to turn into work so it's got yeah, to require yeah. so it's almost got to require little effort yeah yeah, yeah. to, to oh, make I, it fun yeah 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 absolutely I mean, it's, yeah, it's not effort. It's, it's hard to explain. Like, it takes ages, but what takes ages is, like, I just don't want to talk to my shop, but, like, <laughs> making someone who's, like, far away sound like they're going from far away to up close and getting yeah. their footsteps to match the sound realistic. And, like, when he, there's bits in the new one, it's like when he goes outside, the echo of the inside stops. And it's just all these things you don't even think about. Because I was like, I don't want it to just sound like shit. I want it to sound, I want you to literally put, if you put headphones on, be like, literally sounds like I'm there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, that's what I wanted. I think I've achieved it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, the thing is, I, 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 but I, yeah, I understand that what you want to do is, is, losing yourself in something that is not necessarily it's almost not band related you know it, it's yeah, you could be working on a movie yeah yeah absolutely and it's a different yeah. set of challenges because the last thing you want when you do it working with music all day is is yeah. to then be working away on music of your own that becomes a chore precisely yeah that, well that's exactly it and even the way that everything like nothing is real and also as well here's a spoiler alert Nothing's real on it. Like, there's not a single amp used ever in the hell or anything. I mean, the drums are all programmed. It's probably no surprise, but <laughs> it's um, it basically, yeah, it's the opposite of what I have to do for other bands is what I end up doing <laughs> with the hell. Because I don't want to be scrolling through fucking menus and 
set, you know, yeah. setting stuff up. Actually, I tell, I tell you a lie. The next album is a bit more bandy because there's real drums for start. It's the first time ever. Wow. Um, and there's, yeah, it's just a bit more interesting. There's more real guitar sounds and stuff. So, I, the production is the, the this last album is the first time I've put even an inkling of effort into the sound. <laughs> Everything before I just think, oh, whatever. First, first, first cool sound I come up with is like that's the guitar sound of the whole album. That's it. There's no like fun. There's no trying to be clever. And that this this album I was like, do you know what? I wanted to sound half decent this one, so it does sound. If an answer in myself sounds pretty good compared to all the other stuff. But um, yeah, the next one is more of a band effort. Like it's not just like the me, me, me show. It's more, um, it's more like drum, real drums, and the other characters as well. I've got more of a chance. I think actually I don't have a whole load of, I don't have much dialogue in the next one. So um, it's not really about Joris the next one. So anyway, is, but, but, but how mad is that? How mad is that that we're having this conversation about <laughs> dialogue? Do you know what I mean? Are you in a fucking band or not? <laughs> I don't know. I, don't know. I want to push the limits and have one. I'm, I'm not going to do this, but I'd love part three to be no music whatsoever. <laughs> Just like, like, um, yeah. What's that? What's that radio show? The the, the Waltons? What, what is it on the radio? Oh, the Archers. Archers, Archers, Waltons, the Waltons. The Waltons. <laughs> the Archers. Yeah. yeah, it'd be like that. Fucking hell, we're both showing our age here. The Waltons and the Archers. What is the Waltons? Uh, it's the old, um, it's the American family, isn't it? With the old, like, they, they had, a, like, 100 kids. And it was like, night, night, Mary Beth. Night, night, Mary Oh, right, night, yeah, night, yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that, actually. Yeah. Um, Repeat. But do you know what? I think that'd be brilliant. I think that'd be brilliant. Joris Part 3 comes out and the whole thing's just fucking dialogue and sound effects. Um, I don't know. I, don't know. I think I'd be pushing out a lot. Yeah. I definitely want to do... Um, Again, it all depends because the story is definitely not uh, confirmed yet. But I want to do spin-offs with other characters doing their whole EPs. So we just did serious. I want to do like a Cliff EP and uh, there's a new character and a new one. I want him to have his own EP and stuff. So maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll expand on the world like fucking Marvel films. <laughs> I, I was just thinking it's the, 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 hell, the hell universe. The Joris, yeah. the Joris universe. Well, I mean, look, I'd love, to, I'd love, I'd love to be able to do that. I'm not sure there's enough fans to warrant yeah. <laughs> doing too many spin-offs, but um, maybe I'll just do it for fun anyway. Who cares? I'll do it for my own time. Well, 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 funnily enough, <coughs> uh, do you know this morning I had um, uh, a really good chat with a movie director who has put together um, uh, documentaries for um, for bands. He did one on television. He is just about to put one out on Life of Agony. Um, oh, cool. He's uh, working currently on one with your friends Nickelback. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, and, yeah, and he's, and, but he's also worked on a whole bunch of, like, you know, recognised films that you'd know, like, you know, Moon and... and oh, yeah, we're good. And Revolver and all sorts. So he's... he's and, um, and, I'm just, and, and whilst talking to you in the same day, and I'm just thinking, God, they, they, these worlds are coming together slowly but surely. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And well, we'll get, get Ziggy Bowie or whatever his name is directing our... Um, Duncan Jones. <laughs> the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, because that, that's got to be... It's got to happen, ultimately... Is that is that something that you know? If someone came up to you and said, "How about it?" 
What do you? Yeah, mean? obviously. But uh, obviously, as long as it's their money, they're using. Yeah, make yeah. It, they can do they want. <laughs> I think it's a little too niche, personally. But we'll, well, yeah. I mean, look, who knows? <laughs> yeah, but... I'd love to. I'd love to do. A, I'd love to do a movie of it more than anything. But I just wouldn't know where to begin. Obviously, and um, yeah, we'll see. If so, and if anyone's listening to this and wants to make an animation or a movie. Please get in contact. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you've not. Um, I mean, we, you know, we've we've got a mutual friend, Rusty, who um, yeah. who runs. Oh a... well, yeah. So he's done loads of stuff for the hell and my other yes. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he he did both the videos for our for our last album, and oh, yeah. um, and and he's I mean he's been a friend of our um, guitarist for like years. Um, mm. And uh, so he's done loads of stuff for you. You've not tried to dump. You've not tried to dump this on him then, have you? So right, do a whole movie then. Oh what well, uh, Rusty? Well, we did we did talk about it. Um, it's just so fucking hard at the moment. Um, yeah. Oh, I don't know. Just uh, do you know what? It's just a daunting prospect. And uh, yeah, I'll definitely chat to him about it again. It's one of those things. It's like, you know, <laughs> I can ask him and be like, "Can you do loads and loads and loads of work for?" Well, not that much money um, yeah. until it comes in, and maybe it'll come in, but maybe it won't. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite a good It's not like one music video, is it? It's, it's fucking. I mean, that's how they said that. It's like, how long is the album? 30 minutes, I think? Yeah, about that. 25 minutes, apparently. It's on to Spotify. Yeah, 25 minutes of films, not that much. Oh, I can hear the I can hear it the cogs turning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. What was it, I mean? What was it like when you were when you approached the rest of the band with it as well? Because I mean, you know, you're turning around and saying, right, okay, new album, bunch yeah. of new songs, but also, you yeah. know, that you, and you also going to be you're going to need to act in it and all. And, yeah. and I mean, that's a oh, lot. That's a lot to ask of you know, of your of your fellow bandmates. Where... They're completely up for it. Absolutely, completely up for it. I don't know what it's going to be like doing the acting stuff with them. Or me, by the way. I'm not a fucking actor. I don't know what I'm doing. But, so I don't know what that side of it's going to be like. But uh, everyone's up for it, I think. <laughs> I don't know. But they're, they, uh, they, they're like me. They just think the barniest idea is the better. So everyone's in the same boat. We're all, we're all, uh, we're all of the same opinion. Well, so it should be great, and that's and that's the main thing. Um, I mean, presumably, and also as well. Also, it's not just you know they, we we bounce ideas off each other. It's not like I'm not like a fucking dictator. It's, um, the other guys have had ideas, and obviously we embellish on everyone's everyone's character. They've they've got you know they've come up with loads of the elements of it themselves. So it's not like right. It's not just it's not just me. Um, so yeah, it's everyone's on board. And uh, obviously, we've all got the same sense of humour. Those who wouldn't been a band together, so it's not like there's no hired guns. We're all we're all fully aware of what the hell is about. So yeah, we're all on the same page. And 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 that page is in just enjoying it and having fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and occasionally um, slagging off some um, some bands. Why not? <laughs> yeah, I don't even want to do that anymore. I think it's cheap. It wasn't. It's that yeah, I don't know that side of it. I'm not so fussed about. Well, yeah, but I, I, but I don't think it was it was maybe so much cheap. But ultimately, I, I've never I've never seen you slag anybody off who didn't thoroughly fucking deserve it. <laughs> well, that Nickelback thing it really makes me cringe in hindsight. But uh, 
That's just because I think his voice is so funny. It's nothing to do with the band. I know people like, well, I discovered since that they're like a, I don't know, they're uh, low-hanging fruit, should we say. Yeah. People love taking the piss out and come back. But it's only because me and, uh, I won't say their real name, me and Nails um, just, <laughs> it just thought it was really fun doing an impression of their voice and just making up, like, not, not even words. I just thought it was really fun, that, that fucking accent of that weird, like, fake Pearl Jammy sound. Do you know what yeah. some singers do? Oh, God, it's like shit. I hate it. Anyway, we, uh, we just thought it was really funny doing impressions of it, so we just recorded the song. That's all it was. No, no, no any thought gone into it, really. It wasn't like, again, no malice. I don't give a shit if people like Nickelback or not. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like they're our peers, either. It's not like... You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, that's funny. But, well, yeah, but that's 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 the whole point as well. I mean, you know, were were the did they see the funny side of it in the end? I presume so. Don't know. I think a lot. Don't know. Who knows? Maybe we'll meet one day. They could tell us. Yeah, yeah, and uh, well, I, well, <laughs> I, well, I hope they did because um, it, it's just coming from a it's just coming from a funny place, like you say. It's just it's just messing about. And if you haven't got a sense of humour, then what the fuck are you well, even see, living for? I'm not for? even sure that I've got that sense of humour because I don't find it that funny watching it back. I just It was funny doing it, put it that way. Right. Know, it make, again, it makes me cringe. I can't watch it. But um, I remember it being fun, put it that way. Yeah, and that's, and that's what counts at the end of the day. Um, so you've got, you've got plans to play live again. You've got the new album coming out again. It sounds like, you know, the hell is kind of fully back and up and running to an extent that it hasn't been for a long time. Is any particular reason for that? I don't know. don't know. I don't know. I just think I go, I think that, I know the stars align sometimes, don't they? And I mean, if we'd have come back, if I'd have, if I'd have put a record out and people were like, no, you're right, mate, don't worry about it. Then <laughs> maybe, maybe I wouldn't be doing the musical. I don't know. It's hard to know. Yeah. But um, that EP that we did for Joris, it just did pretty well, and people just you know it just it just connected without a big label. No, it's our first our first record not on a big label. I think that was the other thing as well is the reason we went away for was because thing uh, there's no goss like it was, but things kind of sour with our label, or the communication broke down with our label, put it that way, right. and. Um, we didn't stop because we were labelless, but I just think the thought of, I don't know if you've been in this position yourself, but the thought of like uh, starting up again, trying to find someone to put a record out, yeah. writing the record, getting people together, doing shows, deciding what switch, like that whole thing, I just thought, oh, fuck it, I can't be bothered. For, for ages, I just thought, oh, I can't be bothered to do this, um, start it up again. But then the, the EP was already recorded, so I was like, well, I'm just going to do it myself. And we put it out with no, zero fanfare. Um, I think, no, nah, did I email? I think I made a press pack, which is quite professional. I made a press pack <laughs> and uh, sent it to like a handful of people. There was definitely no big, you know, it just went, it, was, it got big by word of mouth. And, and now those songs are our most popular out of our entire back catalogue. So, I don't know if that hadn't happened, maybe... You don't know, you just don't know what's going to happen. But um, that did happen. And, yeah, now we've got our own fucking label, we do everything on our own terms, and it's all go again. 
And it's nice. It's nice, not, it's nice having people not giving you shitty emails or, you know, expecting you to meet deadlines and then not meeting theirs and all that shit that everyone's been through. Yeah. If you've been on the label. So now I'm like, well, it doesn't matter. Literally, I just press enter and schedule a release. So it's not like I don't have to deal with dickheads, basically. Yeah. So um, it's, it's a bit more inspiring. Uh, not that our old label with dickheads, by the way, in case anyone can look them up and start spreading shit. But there's no bad blood. It's just, um, yeah, like I said, for whatever reason, it just, I don't know, we weren't communicating with each other very well. So um, we definitely work better on our own, doing our own thing. So that's what we're doing. And it's wicked, and it's liberating, and I'm excited about it. So we're going to do loads of stuff, hopefully. Who knows? Or maybe the next record will be a flop, and we never do anything again. I couldn't tell you. It's, <laughs> in my hand. it's out of my hands. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Do you know what? That is, that's that's the perfect place to um, that's the perfect place to leave it, really, because that's that, you know that. <laughs> I that's... Didn't mean good. Sorry, I, I said good. I didn't mean good as in fucking hell. Thank God. Yeah, glad you think. Well, that's that's an excellent cliffhanger. We've got um, we've got people completely confused as to what's uh, as to what's going to happen next. Um, And I guess yeah, exactly. That's the way you want it. Um, Look, I I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your Sunday. Um, I really really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Um, I'll uh, I'll let you know when this comes out. uh, Tag you and everything. And um, and I'm going to get to one of those London shows without a doubt. Um, I've, I've, got, I've got to I've got to see Joris performed that is a that's an absolute must brilliant alright man All right. I'll speak to you soon take Go care on. mate take care see Cheers. you later bye 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 <laughs> how much fun was that well the answer is that was a lot of fun I really really enjoyed that I hope you did too I mean that was just so much fun to do um, probably the uh a memorable interview. I really, really enjoyed doing it. Um, it was on a Sunday evening, and uh, and yeah, we just got straight down to it. As you can hear, I, I, I'm doing that thing that I always say, you know, happens on podcasts when people like they do an interview and you listen to it, and then they they go on and on about the interview, and it's like, well, I've just listened to it, but I'm going to do it anyway because I'm a twat. I'm just complete contradiction. But um, that was that was just really cool and a a great example of that punk ethos and that hardcore ethos of just like fucking or metal you know hardcore underground diy metal whatever you want to call it of just not giving a fuck of putting things together and i just love i love the idea that you know joris was put together so they wouldn't have to tour with any other shitty bands they could just do something of their own and i am going to try and get to some of those shows um and uh, and I'll let you know. I mean, I'm I'm going to try, but they're, they're selling out so quickly; it's unbelievable. But they should be amazing. So, I mean, if you haven't heard um, Joris Hardcore Opera Part One yet, then please do. That was one of my albums of 2020. It's it's 28 minutes of absolute. Well, actually, it's however many many minutes we've mentioned it was um, of just total entertainment. There's nothing out there like it. Seriously, if you're listening to this and you've got no intention of listening to it. I would just say, just for the entertainment value, you just listen to it all the way through, and you you will enjoy it. It's a story. It's a, and there is some absolute 
earworms in there. I don't give a fuck about nuts and balls. <laughs> and tickets for life. Tickets for life. I mean, it's just fucking great. It really is. I'm auditioning as a backing vocalist right now. Christ, can you imagine me as a backing vocalist? There's no chance of that happening, is there? With my rampant ego desperately trying to get on the lead mic. God, dearie me, that would be... An... You don't want me anywhere near that shit. But, um... Just a great interview to do. Real, real fun. Um, and I haven't, I really haven't enthused about an album for a long time as much as I did um, uh, the Joris album because it is just so original, so different, all sorts of genres in there. Um, and it's just, you know, it's it's conceived brilliantly. It's brilliantly put together. And, uh, and, and, and you know, um, during the interview, he's sort of, you know there's very much that oh yeah everything's just thrown together and all that but clearly the work that has gone into Joris is absolutely brilliant I mean it's it's a it's a legacy piece of recording it really fucking is it is just well as you can tell I rather liked it and it did make my albums of the year so whatever you do please do check it out um so it just remains for me to say, look, this we're coming to the end of the podcast. And we're coming to the end of the podcast. We're coming to the end of the podcast. It's about time. It's about time. We're coming to the end of the podcast. It's nearly an hour and a half. There's only one this week, but you'll be getting some more. Don't you worry about that. No more podcast songs are ever going to be recorded because I haven't done one like this for years. And they're always shit. Um, so, yeah, um, I won't be doing that again. Uh, but all that remains to say is thank you very much for tuning in. I haven't said that for a while, have I? Wherever you are, whether you're in a car, whether you're in a bus, whether you're in an aeroplane, whether you're in a land speeder, whether you're in a helicopter, a hovercraft, a, um, uh, I, I don't know, where, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whatever you are, wherever you're doing, whoever you're doing, please do tell people about the podcast. Share the podcast or as uh, stealing a phrase from another podcast, pass the pod. Just just every single person listening to this, okay? Please do me a favour. Say, just tell one person. Oh, do you listen to Talking Bollocks? Yeah, yeah, give it a word. I mean, you know, the, the host is a bit of a fucking idiot. But, yeah, it's worth it. Yeah, you can fast forward to the interviews. You don't have to listen to his fucking drivel. The fucking loudmouth, ill-prepared, absolute wanker who just spurts out any fucking opinion he likes. I mean, he probably thinks he could have fixed the pandemic um, on his own. Complete tosser. Singer in a band and a comedian. It's just rampant ego. Goes fucking on and on and on. I mean, he does news stories and then he gives his opinion on the news stories like anyone gives a fuck. A news story is a news story. But he always seems to find some fucking angle of some special way of making himself a cunt about it. So why don't you get stuck in there? And there's a fair bit of swearing as well. He says cunt a bit. So if cunt offends you, it's probably fucking not the podcast for you. Unless you're a cunt, in which case you'll fucking really enjoy the amount of times he says cunt. But other than that, yeah, just try and get past the fucking you know the the host and and it'll be all right in fact listen to the motorcast as well he does the motorcast and he's not half as big a cunt on there um, i mean it, it's it's almost like it's a completely different person he's not a cunt at all on that but then you listen to talking bollocks total cunt honestly honestly he's just a fucking idiot 
absolute idiot. And then he rants on at the end of the podcast, where most people have fucking switched off anyway, so it doesn't matter. But it's, sometimes it's worth listening to just that end bit, because um, he's not so much of a twat at the end. But then again, sometimes, like this one, he is a complete knobhead towards the end. An absolute fucking dick-steaming fool. A fucking absolute twat. He'll really put a crimp in your day. So, you know, you may be... Actually, don't tell anyone you listen to this. Keep it to yourself. Just keep it between us. All right? Catch you next time.